Writing your oncology case report is a huge undertaking, and it's easy to make silly mistakes that can derail your entire writing process. That's why you need my brand new masterclass, the three-step framework for a finished case report. In this free masterclass, you'll learn three of the biggest mistakes to avoid when writing your case report, the secrets to actually finishing your case report, no matter the patient case you've chosen, and my proven three-step framework for starting and finishing your very own oncology case report. Save your seat today at theoncopt.com slash framework. Again, that's theoncopt.com slash framework. Welcome to the Onco PT Podcast, where you'll learn from oncology experts, practitioners, and patients to help you on your journey to become a confident and competent Onco PT. Here's your host, Elise Contu. Hello, my lovely Onco PT, and welcome back to another episode of the Onco PT Podcast. Now, if you are not familiar, if you have not heard of this before, October 13th every year, as far as I can tell, is Metastatic Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And if you have even been outside or online at all this October, you know that the pink is here, right? Every October, this pink wave of breast cancer awareness comes crashing in. And while many individuals, fundraisers, and companies mean well in doing this, like they do have a good heart behind why they're doing this, they do this because they care, they do this because they want to help breast cancer survivors, I believe that we have lost sight of the purpose and meaning behind Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Specifically, this pink wave that comes every October really glosses over the fact that breast cancer kills people. Breast cancer kills more than 43,000 women every single year. And meanwhile, this killer breast cancer, which is metastatic breast cancer, receives so little of the attention and the time and the research focus and the funding that comes along with this go pink for October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, right? And I, there, this is a very multi-layered issue, but what I want you to appreciate is this, this is something that is really problematic. And this is something that is very problematic, not just because like, oh, you know, we're not really talking about metastatic breast cancer. This is leaving patients out in the cold to basically die. To put it very bluntly, metastatic breast cancer kills. I know we've already said this. I know you've heard this before. Hopefully you've heard this before. This is what kills our patients. And year after year, this focus on the pink and the cutesy and even like the sexual aspects of Breast Cancer Awareness Month does little to change to actually help our patients with metastatic breast cancer. So let's get into it in this episode. So as a recap of metastatic breast cancer, metastatic breast cancer is breast cancer that has spread distantly from the original tumor site. And right, this is potentially spread via the lymphatic system or the bloodstream, and it can go to other parts of the body, including like the brain, the lungs, the bones, and any other number of potential organs, right? And it is the spread of the breast cancer when it becomes that metastatic breast cancer that is what actually 
kills the patients, right? That invasion into those other organs causing widespread basically shutdown in the human body is what is actually the biggest contributor a lot of times to patients dying from breast cancer. Now, I'm not going to go into super specifics on like what is metastatic breast cancer? How is it treated in this episode? But I do want to call to your attention, I did this actually this time last year on episode 208, which is entitled What Most People Don't Know About Metastatic Breast Cancer. I have a link to that in today's show notes as well as in the blog post. So definitely make sure to check those out for a deeper dive into metastatic breast cancer. But what we're doing today is we're kind of keeping it a little high level as far as what this actually means for our patients, what we can do about it, and a little insight into what I personally have been doing about it in my own industry, in my own area, as a way to encourage you of we can make things change. We can make things happen even within cancer rehab. So some quick, quick facts on metastatic breast cancer. The five-year relative survival rate for patients diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer is about 31%. Now contrast that with the average when we look at, you know, the other breast cancers that we're talking about here, early, local, etc. That stage, that, excuse me, that relative survival rate, that five-year survival rate is actually closer to like 99.1%. So this is a huge difference between what we see with our patients with metastatic breast cancer and those with non-metastatic breast cancer. The 10-year survival rate for metastatic breast cancer is about 11%. It's not good. So picture this, you've got 100 patients in the room with metastatic breast cancer, and 10 years from now, only 11 of those on average are going to actually live. They'll be alive. It's tragic. It's awful. And this does not change year after year because we're not putting the time, attention, money, resources towards changing this as a society, as a culture. So according to metaviver.org, which is a fantastic organization, I would really encourage you to check it out. About 30% of patients with early stage breast cancer so diagnosed at early stage, will go on to have their cancer recur or come back as metastatic breast cancer. So this is like a third of those patients who, on paper, they have early stage breast cancer, you know, they've got a 90% five-year survival rate, etc. Their cancer could come back, and it will come back. And it will come back as metastatic breast cancer, which is usually going to be the thing that kills them. Just marinate on that for a hot minute, right? This is what we're talking about. This is why this is such a problem. This is not just an issue that affects patients who are diagnosed initially with metastatic breast cancer. This affects all of our patients, potentially for the rest of their life, because this is something that they're thinking about. And if they're thinking about it, we need to be thinking about it. You need to be thinking about it. Now, these recurrences can occur months to years after successful breast cancer treatment, quote, successful breast cancer treatment. And it's it's not patients who are just not undergoing treatment. Like these are patients who are going through the ringer with the treatment that is prescribed to them still have their cancer come back. Talk about just like the biggest slap in the face that you could possibly undergo of surviving your initial cancer diagnosis, that initial breast cancer treatment, only to get hit with now widespread full body, potentially metastatic breast cancer. Since metastatic breast cancer has spread distantly from the point of origin, it's harder to treat. 
in short, mo cancer, mo problems. The more that cancer is present within a person's body, the more organs and body parts it's affecting, the more that that treatment, whatever it is, has to be able to target a bunch of different areas to try and address that. And in fact, many patients with metastatic breast cancer, actually I would say like all of them basically, have very limited treatment options. And treatment usually focuses on prolonging life and managing side effects. We're not at a cure. We're not looking for a, well, the treatment is not aiming for a cure at this point. We are looking for one. We really, really need one. We want one. But treatment is not designed for that for these patients. Let me be abundantly clear. There is no cure for metastatic breast cancer, period, full stop. These patients will die from metastatic breast cancer. And there is nothing cutesy, right? Sometimes I think, like, I see pink and I think cutesy. There's nothing cutesy. There's nothing lighthearted. There's nothing sexy, about someone dying from a disease like that. It's awful. It's horrendous. And I'm just reflecting on some of the patients I've had over the years with metastatic breast cancer taken far too soon, right? Gone far too soon. And they threw everything they had at this. And we are still continuing to fail patients like them year after year because of this outlandish focus on, you know, feel your boobies or feel the boobies or, you know, whatever campaigns they're coming up with these days talking about breast cancer awareness. Yes. Do we as a a society need to be doing a better job of screening and encouraging patients to do self-screening, doing our own self-screening, right? Yes. But we also have a really, 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 really big problem in metastatic breast cancer. So zooming out, kind of looking at what has changed what has evolved, what needs to be updated since I did that episode 208 this this time last October, right? Part of why metastatic breast cancer is so underfunded, so poorly misunderstood, so poorly understood, excuse me, and so problematic is this over-sexualization of breast cancer. Breasts are sexy. Breasts are sexual, right? There's a lot of sexual connotations about this. Breast cancer is pink, and we could really get into that as far as, you know, we're not, are you really taking something super seriously that's pink, like collectively as a culture? Probably not. And nobody likes to think about someone's breasts killing them. I think there's a lot more that goes into this over-sexualization and this minimization of breast cancer that is beyond my scope of practice and, frankly, my cognitive understanding of these concepts. But on a surface level, this is very much what I believe and what I see is a big contributor to why metastatic breast cancer just isn't talked about. However, here we are in 2023 with still no cure for metastatic breast cancer in a world where we have companies and corporations that go pink every year, every October, as some kind of PR campaign. Can you tell I get really, really fired up about this? Like, this is such a huge issue. There is so much money that is being spent in support of these different go pink campaigns with very, very little results 
to the end, right? To actually finding a cure, finding more like reasonable treatment options for our patients with metastatic breast cancer. So final salt in the wound. This statistic continues to shock me to my core and very, very, very few people know about it. And I'll give you a little more context and example of this here in a bit. Only about 5% of all funding that goes to breast cancer research is actually used in research for metastatic breast cancer. Of the millions and probably billions, I don't know, I'm not a numbers person, of all the millions, potential billions that are spent and allocated towards research for breast cancer, only 5% of that is actually directed to metastatic breast cancer, aka the cancer that actually kills our patients, right? The breast cancer that kills, the killer breast cancer. Isn't that bonkers? Only 5% of all of that. And that's that's like a good estimate, right? I'm hoping it's more than that, but I am very, very not helpful about that. So as the U.S. pinks out once again this October, the onus is really on you to make sure that your time your effort, and your money are going towards supporting our breast cancer survivors who need it the most. And so what I would really encourage you, what I'm challenging you to do is as you are choosing to support organizations that are doing these these campaigns, right? These fundraisers, these support activities, etc. Like I want you to still support those, but you need to be asking the real questions, the necessary questions of any cause, any organization that you support, which is first and foremost, what organizations are you supporting that are going pink? You know, is this a is this a good company to support that is actually putting their money where their mouth is? What percentage of the money that you are contributing to this is actually going to support patients with breast cancer and breast cancer research? A few years ago, probably like, mm, Five to ten years ago, there were some very well-known uh, breast cancer nonprofit organizations that got into a heap of trouble because it came out that they were making millions, if not billions, of dollars in their Go Pink campaigns, and only a fraction, a tiny, tiny percentage of that was actually going towards research and supporting patients, right? Like the administrative costs and frankly, CEO pay was astronomical and completely unnecessary and was basically a slap in the face to anyone who ever supported any of those. So anyways, like we have to be alert and aware of where our money is going and how much of that money is being used to actually support our patients and support research for our patients, right? So again, checking out that information, asking those questions. Is this organization that you're support you're supporting, is this cause that you're supporting actually supporting metastatic breast cancer and patients with metastatic breast cancer? And what does that look like exactly? So little context about why I ask these questions. There's an organization here in my area that has the best of intentions, truly. Like they have a mission, they have a, you know, a mission statement, and they have this idea of what they want to do. But I've challenged them because their mission statement isn't actually being reflected in the 
causes in the opportunities that they are choosing to put on to supposedly support patients. And this is not my nonprofit, right? This is, I'm not involved in this organization professionally or personally as like someone who's a decision maker. But I know people that are. And they genuinely had no idea of the impact of metastatic breast cancer. And all of these things that they were doing were kind of fluff, in my opinion. They're not actually going and making meaningful changes for patients, especially with metastatic breast cancer. And so I actually wrote a letter, and I'm going to share it with you today. And this is one step that I have taken in my own community to try and make a difference. Because I don't have millions and millions of dollars that I can send to these, you know, metastatic breast cancer research funds, etc. But I know people who know people who do have those millions. And instead of potentially really using those millions, which is kind of interesting to think about, like, there are literal millionaires in my community, like, and they want to give their money, right? They will give money. But the organizations that are then getting this money often don't really know what to do with it. They don't know where to send it. They don't know how to utilize it to really advance the patients and these causes who need it the most. So anyways, off my soapbox, only to get onto my soapbox in my letter. So here it is. Every October, we go pink for breast cancer awareness. However, this feel-good campaign does little to actually save the lives of women and men with the breast cancer that kills. Metastatic breast cancer also known as stage four breast cancer, is breast cancer that has spread to other areas of the body. Metastatic breast cancer is what actually kills women and men with breast cancer. Metastatic breast cancer is incurable. Let me emphasize this point again. There is no cure for metastatic breast cancer. Most patients diagnosed with breast cancer will be diagnosed with early stage breast cancer, stages one through three. However, now, quick quick aside, these are statistics. I wrote this letter last year, so some of these may have changed a little bit. Anyways, back to the letter. However, 6 to 10% of women diagnosed with breast cancer will already be at stage 4. And even patients with early stage breast cancer aren't exempt. Between 20 to 30% of patients with early stage breast cancer will go on to develop metastatic breast cancer. Once a person is diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, they have limited treatment options. Even then, the available treatment options aren't great. Only 30% of patients with metastatic breast cancer will survive five years. According to Metaviver, 115 Americans die from metastatic breast cancer every day. Sadly, Metastatic breast cancer receives very little attention and research funding. In fact, only 2 to 5% of all breast cancer research funding supports the research and treatment of metastatic breast cancer, the breast cancer that kills. If we are truly working towards a world where no woman or man dies from breast cancer, then we must put our money, time, and attention towards the real killer breast cancer. Signed, Dr. Lise K. Kanthu, P.T., board-certified oncologic clinical specialist, LANA-certified lymphedema therapist. I know you listening right now don't necessarily have this abundance of time and wealth that you can, you know, throw at 
some of these research opportunities, right? Maybe you are, and that's totally cool. And please tell me about it because I really want to learn about it. But you would be surprised who you know in your community and who they know in your community who are supporting these causes, who do have the funding and the resources and the time to make these things happen. And while this letter has not like revolutionized research funding within Fort Worth, Texas for metastatic breast cancer, it started conversations. And I have found actually within this organization that I wrote this letter to, I have found at least two champions whose hearts, I believe, have changed after having conversations with them about why it's so important to support metastatic breast cancer research and funding, right? What is metastatic breast cancer? How does metastatic breast cancer differ from early stage breast cancer, right? How does that affect patients? What ultimately happens to patients with metastatic breast cancer? All this to say, this October, as we go pink, as we go pink every year, I would really encourage you, start having these conversations with the people in your life. You may be surprised what happens and what becomes of those conversations. I look forward, hopefully this time next year, to have a little more of an update on maybe what changes I'm seeing in my community, maybe what changes I'm seeing more globally or at least nationally when it comes to metastatic breast cancer research and funding, etc. We'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm going to continue to remain hopeful because the, the alternative is to be hopeless. And I don't have the capacity to be hopeless if I'm going to show up and serve my patients with metastatic breast cancer every single day like they deserve. And I would challenge you to do the same thing. I'm going to leave you with something that one of my actually former colleagues, she's a PTA and she's a massage therapist who I used to work with, shared with me. So I was working with patients a couple years ago, and this was very, very early in my career, and I felt like I was seeing a lot of patients with very advanced cancer. And this was the first time I had really done that. Most of my patients up to that point had been early stage, you know, treatment was curative, some were even done with cancer treatment, it was awesome. But I had this, this phase where I was seeing a lot of patients with advanced cancer, including metastatic breast cancer, and I felt like it was weighing a lot on me. I was like, man, like this is so sad. And it is sad, of course. I'm not saying it's not. But my colleague, in her infinite wisdom, said, yes, but what a privilege it is. Oh, I'm going to cry. Sorry. What a privilege it is to get to spend that time with them because they are choosing to spend their time with you. And that has really, really stuck with me. So again, as we close out this episode, I would really, really encourage you. This is a very, very special patient population. Who needs our support? Who needs our funding? Who needs our research? Who needs treatment options? Who needs better treatment options? Who needs a cure? And we're not going to make that happen by doing things the way that we've always done them. What are some ways 
in your own life, in your own practice, in your own community, that we can start making small but powerful, meaningful changes towards a better future for our patients with metastatic breast cancer. I would really, really love it if you would send me a message on Instagram and share what are you doing in your own community or what ideas have I sparked through this episode for showing up and helping our metastatic breast cancer patient population. I really want to know. I would love, love to hear from you and see how you're making a difference in your own community. So you can follow me, the OncoPT, on Instagram. And I can't wait to hear from you. I would love that so much. And I look forward to your messages. So until next time, this is Elise with the OncoPT. And remember, you are exactly the physical therapist that your patients with cancer need. So let's get to work. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Onco PT Podcast. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, leave a rating and review, or support us on Patreon. 